0: It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, welcome everybody into the two-point stance. I'm your host, Brian Drake. Find me on Twitter at DrakeFantasy. Hanging as always with the managing editor of fantasypoints.com. It's Mr. Joe Dolan on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. Joe, this is pretty interesting here. You were involved on Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports Radio, in a 12 man experts draft, the NFL post draft draft, as they like to call it. Some heavy hitters in this draft. We're going to review your draft. Uh, our buddy, the guru, John Hansen had the number one overall pick in this draft. We'll talk about his selections and everything else that came up as we start to now put the pieces together and formulate draft plans heading into the 2023 fantasy football season. How are you doing, and how is this exercise uh, on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio?
1: Oh, hey, Drake. it's I'm doing all right. Uh, good to be with you. I did, we, I did this draft after our, um, our last two-point stance, which was the team-by-team fantasy football review, um, which which, by the way, you should check out on YouTube and or uh, on uh, on on, wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple podcast, Spotify, whatever uh, we have that up. And that that was a really good exercise to prepare me for the draft, because um, I am somebody while I pay attention to like the best ball marketplace and all of those things. Um, I'm not somebody who really dives too much into underdog fantasy, whatnot, until after the NFL draft. It's just my preference. Me too. Um, same. Um, so this was an exercise against people who might have been drafting before, or now just we have the full landscape. This is a mock draft. There was no, um, I guess, pressure on you. Maybe you could take that uh, uh, as, as, as kind of a caveat when listening and, and breaking down this draft but um, I think everybody in this league took the draft seriously. Uh, I did. I wanted to put together the best team. I know they were going to push it to social. You and I had already discussed that we were going to break down the draft before, um, before I, I participated. So I thought it was a fun exercise. Didn't know where I was going to be drafting from until like an hour or two before the draft. Um, so uh, didn't really have any idea what the board would shake out. You know, as soon as My God, uh, uh, as soon as the end of this month, you know, I'm going to know if I enter a a best ball mania or just like a standard $3 draft or whatnot, and I draw the fourth pick. Okay, let's, for instance, I'm going to have a reasonable idea, like the first three or four rounds of my draft are going to look like. Um, Well, if if this guy goes here, then I'll take that guy. I had no clue what this room was going to fall, how this room was going to fall. So it was a lot really interesting from that standpoint. And if you guys are getting excited to draft, we talked about Underdog. Go to Underdog Fantasy right
0: now. Use promo code Fantasy PTS. We're going to double your first-time deposit up to $100. And we're going to throw you a bone with a $5 subscription to FantasyPoints.com. It's the best deal in the business. Use Fantasy PTS at Underdog Fantasy today. All right, so... I think it's in John's contract with Sirius. Any draft he's in, he has to have the number one overall pick. I've listened to a thousand of these drafts as a Sirius employee and just a fan of the channel. And John always has the number one pick. So he took Justin Jefferson. We'll kind of walk through the first round a little bit here as we go. Any qualms with the guru taking Justin Jefferson number one? Would you have done the same?
1: Yes, I would have done the same. No qualms at all. Uh, I okay. mean, I, I think he's the safest player. Now, John's been doing projections. I'm going to throw a little, uh, little, uh, maybe a tease out there for you. I don't know if this is, he's going to roll with this. He's like, he's been doing his projections and crunching the numbers. and He said Chase is really close Ooh. in the projections. You know, Chase had more targets per game than Justin Jefferson last year. So just and throwing that out there, he said Chase is really close. And remember, Chase had a game thrown out. That bills Bengals game didn't mm-hmm. count.
0: And, it, you know, probably cost people some fantasy titles, depending on how you work things out with your league. You know, I think
1: uh, people got over that because of the circumstances. Uh, but, but yes, watch Chase had a game, like, completely thrown out. More targets per game last year than Justin Jefferson. Hmm. I'm still on the CMC train. I love getting running backs early.
0: I think McCaffrey in this offense is awesome, and it's only going to get better. I think with me in the 101, I'm fine with Jefferson. Uh, but, I have no issue if I take McCaffrey also. Here's where it gets interesting. Alan Soslowski, this is two weeks in a row now. We've mentioned our, our pal Alan from RotoWire on the show. He took Bijan Robinson at the 1 2. He's hoping for this, you know, Barkley, Herschel Walker, Adrian Peterson type early season success, early career success. Is that too early for you, Bijan, at the 102, or
1: are you okay with it? It's not awful to me. I think it's going to sound shocking to people who are coming in and are like, oh, this rookie's going at the first pick. Of the, 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 and I really don't think it's that outrageous. I mean, we're talking about a team that was third in the NFL in rushing yards and was second to last in the NFL in pass attempts last year. And while I think... That's also part of the argument why you could say, why did they just draft B. John Robinson when Tyler Algier did everything he did last year? It just shows me that B. John Robinson is going to eat in this offense. So I'm totally fine with B. John Robinson as the RB1. I would take McCaffrey. I have McCaffrey and Taylor above him uh, right now. I have Bijan as my overall uh, eighth player in best ball. He's my RB3. And when I go through my best ball ranks, I'm like, I do wonder if he's a little too low. And hmm. I, I I cannot justify him below RB3. So somebody taking him in RB1 is is not outrageous to me at all. You said Alan, to, Alan mentioned he was going to do it. He did it. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's a huge – I don't think there's a huge issue there at all. Team three was Jeff Manns. He took Jamar Chase.
0: You just mentioned Hanson's rankings of Jefferson and Chase. That's yeah, a nice consolation to get at the one three and Dan Claskins goes with Christian McCaffrey. I'm doing naked backflips down the highway, brother. If I can get Christian McCaffrey
1: at the one Oh four, that's yeah, good pick in crazy value. Crazy. Uh, I know Scott Barrett would take Travis Kelsey there, um, uh, especially in tight end premium, but no, I'd love, I've loved Christian McCaffrey there.
0: Barkley goes at the one Oh five to Jeff Radcliffe. And then Dr. Roto takes Austin Eckler. It seems like there's a lot of people that are kind of crapping on Eckler these days. We know there's the contract issue. He's talking about, eh, maybe I want to trade. This is still the guy who was the number one running back in fantasy last year.
1: I'm having a hard time ranking him right now. Um, In my best ball ranks, I have him as the 12th overall player. Um, That's also half PPR because we based it on underdog. This was a full PPR. Um, What do you think of the Barkley pick? I think it's a little bit early. Well, you know what? It's what we were looking for last year with Barkley
0: when people are like, hey, if he comes around and he comes through and he's Saquon Barkley, then he's going to produce at a a high level. And he did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, he doesn't score a ton of touchdowns. Will his passing numbers take a step back with the addition of 7,000 slot receivers and Darren Waller in this offense? Maybe they don't have to lean on him as much in the past game, which would hurt him in a PPR. Uh, You know, but – there's a lot of awards you can you can pick at with these running backs here when you get down the board to you know the nick chubb doesn't catch any passes tony pollard's beat up josh jacobs is can he do it again on a terrible team taylor with a rookie quarterback so kind of just picking your poison at this point with some of these running backs
1: yeah i would have taken taylor howard bender took him at eight i think that's a steal i would have taken him over both um Saquon and Eckler and, and mostly because there's those guys also have contract situations. Now, I don't know if there's any interest in Eckler uh, elsewhere. We know the Chargers didn't draft a running back. So um, I think they have nothing
0: behind him. Nothing. Yeah.
1: I'm, I am just pulled their
0: depth chart up. They still have Josh Kelly, Isaiah Spiller and Larry Roundtree. This He's is the first going time anywhere.
1: Yeah, this is the first time since uh, Dan Fouts was the quarterback of the Chargers that they didn't draft a plotter on in the third round of the NFL draft. So um, I, yeah, he's not going anywhere. We'll see if they can work out the contract. Um, there's no way they're going to lose that important a player at this stage, unless they—I don't know—maybe they sign like freaking Zeke or something. But to talk about a downgrade. <laughs> uh, they can sign Zeke anyway and keep him with that Clark because he probably probably should. He's probably an upgrade over like the Josh Kellys of the world. No question.
0: All right, Scott Angle, the King took. I, I actually met Scott uh, at the Fantasy Football Expo uh, last year. He took Travis Kelsey at the 1-7. This is going to be a discussion that we have all summer long, and we know our friend Scott Barrett. He's on the Kelsey bandwagon. Kelsey is so far and away, or he has been, the tight end one. Last year in a PPR, he averaged 19.2 points. If you take your season weeks 1 through 17, which is the fantasy season, you know, he had over 300 points on the year. That's damn good. If you translate that to wide receiver, I mean, he still would have been a wide receiver four in a PPR. Yeah. So how high is too high on Kelsey?
1: Not this high. Uh, that's not too high. Um, I, I think like 1-1 one, one is probably too high, but I think in tight end premium, FFPC, whatnot, you can, you can justify him as high as like 1-2.
0: Last year, Jonathan Taylor was – For the most part, the Consensus 101, he and and McCaffrey going back and forth. Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm gets him at the 108. Still have good weapons on the outside. We've now got a rookie quarterback who we assume is going to play unless they want a little Minshew magic for the first few weeks. Do you think Jonathan Taylor gets back to that elite form or... You know, is he kind of now stuck in this 5 through 7, 8 range?
1: I think I think he's gotten a great opportunity to bounce back. This is the first time in his life he got hurt, literally. Like, he had never missed a practice dating back to high school. I did just think the vibes of that team were so nuclear last year. I think there's a big bounce back coming for Jonathan Taylor. I love that pick at 8 overall.
0: If you look at weeks 1 through 7 last year in a PPR – Cooper Cup was doing Cooper Cup things. Week seven was his bye week by the way. I mean, this guy was averaging 24.8 points per game. He was wide receiver two in fantasy. There is nothing on this Rams team. They're tanking for Caleb Williams next year. Their defense is going to be atrocious. And as long as Matthew Stafford stays upright, Joe, Cooper Cup is, I'm going to say it right now, he's going to see the most targets in the NFL next year. And
1: Jim Coventry snagged him at 1-9. I think it's a good, I mean, good pick. Uh, I still would have taken the guy I took after him, before him, though. So let's talk about that. We finally get into Mr. Dolan at the 110. On the board for you,
0: Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Diggs, if you want to go running back, Pollard, Jacobs, Derrick Henry is all there. Take me through your thought process at the
1: 110. Tyreek Hill was the overall wide receiver two last year. In fantasy points per game, he was tied with Jamar Chase for the wide receiver three behind Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson. He played every game. He put up numbers with Tua. He put up numbers without Tua. Still the most dynamic wide receiver in the sport. Easy, 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 easy pick for me at 110. I have him as my fifth player in best ball um, right now. The other player... I had in my top uh, eight who was available. I also got so oh. let's uh, so let's let 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 let's proceed to that. Um, there were I had three players in my top ten available at this point. Tyreek Hill was by far the highest. I took him best player on the board.
0: So when he gets to round two. We're now off the board, Devontae Adams, Diggs, uh, Jacobs and Pollard go. So you're on the board, and if you wanted to go running back, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, if you wanted to go wide receiver, C.D. Lamb is still there, and the gentleman you actually selected was A.J. Brown of the Philadelphia Eagles. What made you pull the trigger on
1: big A.J. Brown? Uh, He was my number eight player. Uh, in fantasy uh, in my best ball rankings and I took him here because he was the best player on the board. the other guy who was close was CD lamb you'll have you'll also know that by the way CD lamb and AJ Brown tied each other with 17 point7 fantasy points per game in PPR last year so I was a- a- a content with either I knew I was going to take a hit at running back but I could not justify. You you mentioned poking holes in all these running backs. Is Nick Chubb going to gonna catch passes? Is Najee Harris going to actually be efficient? Is Derrick Henry going to wear down again? I can't poke holes in A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. The only holes I can poke in him are maybe the Eagles have too many good players. But it didn't <laughs> what stop them last year. They had an awesome <laughs> offense last year. They're going to have an awesome offense again this year. A.J. Brown is my wide receiver, too. I am thrilled with that. So if you were
0: going to take a running back at that spot, say someone's drafting and they're like, listen, guys, I love the show. I'm subscribed to the YouTube and the, uh, the podcast. I'm, I'm a risk averse though. I got to get my hands on a running back. If they're in that same hole that you are, they go, all right, Tyreek's here. They come around around to
1: who would you have taken? So let me just show you how easy this decision was for me. AJ Brown. I have an eight overall. CeeDee Lamb, I have at 10 overall. The next players on my board who were available at this point were Jalen Waddell, who didn't go until the third round, uh, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Hmm. So I'm I'm looking at that, and those guys are 15 and 16, by the way, on my board. Nick Chubb was my top running back left. He was my 17th overall player. So there was a basically full-round gap between A.J. Brown and CeeDee Lamb and my next running back. And that is just, I am not reaching for a running back when that's the situation. I'm just not doing it. I will build my team the way I, uh, I'll find some running backs later. Will I have the strongest group in the world? No, but I i cannot draft a running back when I have basically a full round between my best player available and my next running back.
0: You'll look at Nick Chubb, what he did last year, and he averaged you know uh, a tick over 16 PPR points per game. But that also is aided by, you know, a 32-point week, a 25-point week. Down the stretch from week 13 on, you know, he gave you 8, 8.5, uh, just under 10, and then 11 and 12. So, I mean, you're not exactly setting the world on fire in winning weeks with Nick Chubb, especially when you need some PPR points. All right, so that's your first two rounds. You start Tyreek and A.J. Brown. As we get into the third round, now the quarterbacks start coming off the board. Alan Sislowski at the 3-2 takes Patrick Mahomes. The very next pick, Jeff Manns, takes Jalen Hurts. Mark Andrews always uh, also goes in this round. And we get back to you at the 3-10. On the board, you could – I don't know if you want to double up Eagles here. Devontae Smith is on the board. Uh, if you wanted to go tight end, Ridley – excuse me, Hawkinson, Pitts, Goddard, Kittle, they're all there for the taking. But you decided <clears throat> to jump on that quarterback train with Josh Allen. What made you pull the trigger in the third round on Josh?
1: Uh, fully, uh, Full disclosure, my best player available by my rankings was Devontae Smith. Um, at that point, I don't want to use two back-to-back picks. Now, in best ball, that might be different. In best ball, I might have like, oh, you know, I'll have all the weeks that A.J. Brown goes off and Smith doesn't and the ones that Smith goes off and A.J. Brown doesn't. We were drafting this team like it was a redraft team that we'd be setting a lineup every week. So Devontae Smith was my best player available. I had Josh Allen so far and above the other receivers and other running backs available that I just took the best player. And and look, I'm a wait on quarterback guy. You're going to have a pick. You're going to highlight a pick later where you're like, "Well, this gentleman waited on quarterback and hit a home run." Mm -hmm. Still possible. But Josh Allen is a game changer to me. I didn't see any other real game changers at that, at that point in the draft.
0: And Josh Allen last year, you know, 24 points per game. Uh, if you go one, weeks 1 through 17, that was behind Hurts. It was behind Mahomes. But week to week, you're getting some massive numbers uh, from Josh Allen. And, again, that throws in there the week 17 where, you know, the, basically the game didn't count. So – you know, Josh Allen can't fault the pick. I think a lot of folks this year industry-wise and home league-wise are going to be snapping up the quarterbacks earlier because they know what a difference maker Mahomes, Hurts, Allen can be versus, you know, maybe if you're like, all right, well, I, I got to trot out, you know, Jared Goff or, or Aaron Rodgers, and they're going to give you 15 points a game. 15 and 25 points per game over the course of a season you know
1: that's the difference between wins and losses. Yeah, Josh Allen was, by the way, yeah, number one in fantasy points per game last year. Jalen Hurts was actually number two. So, uh, Josh Allen was the t- and Josh Allen was the top quarterback last year. And I don't think Buffalo was all that talented offensively. No, they're
0: not. I see. I we got to match up our stuff later. Fantasy Pros is killing me here with my
1: uh, with the rankings on the points per game. Here's where it gets interesting. You know where I'm using? You know what I'm using for my fantasy points per game? What's that? FantasyPoints.com. That's what I'm using. (laughs) Give me access to it. Come on. What are we talking Uh, about? You don't have access? I do. (laughs) All right. Uh, Uh, By the way, we've got got a lot more advanced data coming down the pike, so uh, stay tuned for that.
0: In round four, you took a running back that you could have taken in round three because your pick at the 310 all the way into round number four, there were no running backs taken. After you took Allen, it went Devontae Smith. Lamar Jackson, Calvin Ridley, TJ Hawkinson. So running back was free and open for you. And you decided to make a pick here that I think would shock the casual fan. But you have a great reasoning behind it and a great value proposition for people drafting in this position. And you took uh, Jameer Gibbs, the rookie uh, for the Detroit
1: Lions. So... I think people hate a lot of folks are going to instinctively hate this landing spot. Oh, they signed David Montgomery to a big contract. And you know, like what are they doing? drafting a running back at 12 overall when you had other needs. And, and all of that is, is valid. Let's just throw this out there per fantasy points data. The lions offensive line opened the third most yards before contact of any line in the NFL for, on running back runs. That's even ahead of the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Jamal Williams led the NFL in rushing touchdowns. If you're breaking down from a fantasy points per game perspective, the Lions had the RB19 in Jamal Williams. and was RB19 without catching anything. And they had the RB16 in DeAndre Swift. They hated DeAndre Swift. So much so that they were working in Justin Jackson pretty liberally from the middle to the end of the season. Now, they had two top 20 running backs from a fantasy perspective and replaced them both this offseason with clearly what they think are better options. I took Jameer Gibbs at RB15. DeAndre Swift was RB16 last year. If he has the exact same role as DeAndre Swift, then Jameer Gibbs, as a better version, might well outpace what DeAndre Swift did last year. So I'm looking at Jameer Gibbs and saying, first and foremost, who else is catching passes on this team? Jamison Williams is suspended the first six weeks. Their starting tight end presumably is going to be a rookie in Sam Laporta. They have Marvin Jones and Josh Reynolds as their projected outside starting wide receivers. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to catch a ton of passes. RB 15, I will take him all day long. If he's a fourth-round pick, I will have a ton of Jameer Gibbs this year. Again, not an ideal RB 1, but when looking at the Lions' situation last year, DeAndre Swift, RB 16 in fantasy points per game, I understand how that skews because he had a few huge games. But what if Gibbs is a little more consistent? Look and at how, if ex- he's, ex- look at how <laughs> excited they were to draft him. I'll take and, that on my fantasy team, and they took
0: him as what twelve overall. I mean, mm-hmm. that's incredible. When you see any running back, it, it I think it kind of gets skewed this year because we saw Bijan Robinson go ahead of him to the Atlanta Falcons. So it's like, oh, well, he's the second running back taken. He was still taken at twelve overall, which is incredibly high for a running back last year. High for a running back
1: in any era, by the way. Yeah, not just this era. So that's a that's a high first round investment. I look, I think the Lions are gonna use them. I think the Lions' entire philosophy, I don't think they're trying to, I don't think they're trying to like make some grand statement on positional value. I literally just believe Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell were saying, let's take good football players. And if you want to skewer us, then skewer us for that. But they're gonna use this kid. They use sure. they used two running backs last year and they hated them both, apparently, because they let him go.
0: And Swift caught the 12th most passes in the NFL among running backs with 48. And you've got to also imagine, like, David Montgomery's not going to score 17 touchdowns or whatever Jamal Williams. Like, that's kind of an outlier season. That's going to get broken down a little more. And, you know, Gibbs is going to pick off a few of those. So now we're rolling with a team of Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Josh Allen's at quarterback. Our RB1 is Jameer Gibbs. Just to give you guys some reference, running backs that went after Gibbs' pick. uh, Kenneth Walker III, Joe Mixon, Rashad White, Damian Pierce,
1: and James Conner. Which of those guys are you excited to draft over, Jameer Gibbs, by the way? So contextualize that. Let's see. Well, Walker, I mean, I think Walker's got a shot, but, like, the the Charbonnet pick just pissed me off yeah piss me off so much. Mixon, his status is up in the air. Rashad White, you can make an argument because he's probably going to be a bell cow, but that team's gonna suck. I mean, look at the look at those backs and tell me, you know, Jameer Gibbs doesn't have a little bit rosier outlook. And when you look at
0: a guy like Joe Mixon, you know. It, He scored nine touchdowns on the season. Didn't rush for a thousand yards. Hopefully that turns around a little this year, but there's a very good possibility. Joe Mixon's not on this Bengals team (laughs) come opening day. I think that they will add someone in Tampa. And I know they have Sean Tucker, the kid from Syracuse that they took as a UDFA. I wouldn't count that out as a Zeke landing spot. That would be, ideal for Zeke Elliott come in there, kind of the retirement home aspect. They'll give him some carries. It's a team that doesn't really care at this point. Uh, and then he would just crush the value of Rashad White. So it got back to you, as we were saying. You have two wide receivers, a quarterback, and a running back. Your ch- uh, Your choice was Miles Sanders. Now Miles Sanders getting good money to go play for the Carolina Panthers. You could have gone Wide receiver, you know, Christian uh, Kirk was there. Godwin, big Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson. Maybe you go tight end. What made you pull
1: the trigger on Miles Sanders? Um, He was a winner from the draft. They upgraded at quarterback and they didn't take a running back. I mean, and behind him right now is Chuba Hubbard and Raheem Blackshear. And Frank Reich is talking up. uh, We think he has untapped potential in the passing game. You and I have discussed this, Drake. Miles Sanders has such a weird career arc as a receiving back because it's gone backwards. He had 50 catches for 509 yards and three touchdowns as a rookie. This year, he had 20 catches for 78 yards. I've never seen anything like it. Maybe the Panthers try to get back to using Miles Sanders as a receiver as a sc- in the screen game. I'm not sure how successful that's going to be, but look at the depth chart and there's bell cow potential here. On a team, by the way, that I think can win a very weak division. Yeah, their division is just awful.
0: Another division that's bad is the NFC North, and that's where Dalvin Cook resides. He went to uh, Chris Prince in the pick right after you in round five. I might be the only guy in America who's still kind of on Dalvin Cook just at this value. He went as RB22 in this draft. He had a little cleanup surgery, so hopefully the shoulder – can stay in place uh, this season. He still finished last year, uh, according to FantasyPoints.com, CJ Joe, company man, I'm on the oh, site, as RB10 with over 240 points. He can catch the ball a little bit. I know they still have Madison over there, but, I mean, geez Louise, in the fifth round, there's some fantasy teams who are going to get Delvin Cook as like their RB3 flex. I think they're going to be loving life
1: this year. The question isn't what fantasy team is Dalvin Cook going to be on. The question is what NFL team is Dalvin Cook going to be on. And that's, that's why he fell to RB22. I think it's part of the reason Mixon fell to RB17, but I think there's a better shot the Vikings move off from Dalvin Cook than it is the Bengals move on from Joe Mixon. So let's move in to round number six.
0: This is where you went back to the wide receiver well. You could have went tight end. With George Kittle, he went the pick after you to Jim Coventry. Was there any thought to taking
1: Kittle here in round six? There was um, definitely some, there was some thought to it, but I I mean, I view him as a guy who's quite frankly, sorry, Edwin Porras, he's always freaking hurt. <laughs> and that was, uh, that was a consideration here.
0: So you ended up selecting Christian
1: Kirk of
0: the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Kirk was a guy I had in a ton of drafts last year and he really came through most weeks finished as PPR wide receiver 12 uh, which is outstanding averaged over 14 points per game are you worried at all about the addition of Kelvin Ridley here taking some shine off of Kirk
1: oh for sure but he was the overall wide receiver 12 last year PPR fantasy points per game wide receiver 19 I got him at wide receiver 29 that's value folks Calvin Ridley went as wide receiver 17. We haven't seen Calvin Ridley in over a year. So if there's that big a disconnect between a guy I know who can produce with Trevor Lawrence, I'll take a shot on Christian Kirk there as my wide receiver three. I think he's still going to have a huge role. Trevor Lawrence can progress, man. I thought that was great value.
0: You went back to wide receiver in round seven with George Pickens. Now, he's a guy with a ton of upside, a Mm. lot of ability, but it's a crowded receiver room in Pittsburgh. I'm still not totally sold on Kenny Pickett at quarterback here. What do you like about George Pickens and
1: his upside for 2023? It's theoretical upside because, I mean, by the metrics, he did not have a very good season last year. Mm -hmm. He had some great catches. Um, Maybe Kenny Pickett held him back. Maybe Mitchell Trubisky held him back at the beginning of the season. But there's – reason to believe maybe he wasn't very good at getting open this is a number four receiver um who i think has some upside potentially see what i'm looking at right now is am i going after a guy who could potentially lead his team in receiving yards for a guy who is going to be either my flex or is going to be on my bench there was a couple guys like that on the board still but i decided to go with the youth in george pickens after that selection, we saw
0: David Montgomery and Elvin Kamara come off the board. I still it might, like
1: that Montgomery pick, by the way. Yes, yeah. I, like I think that his too. ADP is going to fall a lot after the Gibbs pick, and they're going to use two running backs, as I discussed earlier.
0: No question about it. And it might surprise the casual fan that's getting back into fantasy. Maybe you're just starting to sniff around the pods again, and you go, holy smokes, Elvin Kamara came off the board in round seven, the last pick of round seven at RB29, but there's reasons for that, Joe.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he might get suspended. Um, he might go to jail stemming from the uh, the charges um, in Vegas at the Pro Bowl two years ago, or last year, rather. So um, they drafted Kendra Miller. They signed Jamal Williams. There are a lot of landmines from Alvin Kamara there. That team might not be very good either. I mean, they, they should be better with Derek Carr, but um, I, I, I don't know how to value Alvin Kamara at this point. Not there, I'll tell you that.
0: In round eight, you went with your third running back, and it's Rashad Penny of the Philadelphia Eagles, newly signed to the Birds. He comes off the board here at running back 31. A lot of love for him over the past few weeks. Dampened a little bit with the draft day trade to secure DeAndre Swift. How do you think Penny and Swift coexist in Philadelphia?
1: So I think there's going to be a much bigger disconnect um as I mentioned on I believe our Sunday podcast, I think there's going to be a much bigger disconnect in ADP versus where I think they should be. And let's look at let's look at ADP right now. In the best ball mania. Uh I'm showing DeAndre Swift at RB twenty. I think he went RB twenty seven in this draft. And I'm showing Rashad Penny. At RB, oh my, I keep going at RB34 on, on underdog. I think those ADPs should be squeezed. So did this draft room, by the way, because Jeff Ratcliffe took Swift at RB27. I took a Penny at RB31. We understand all the caveats. Mm-hmm. But this is my third running back on potentially the best offense in the NFL. Miles Sanders is vacating 11 rushing touchdowns. Maybe DeAndre Swift gets a few of those, but let's just say Rashad Penny stays healthy for 12 games. There is significant upside here. This guy averages six yards a carry when he plays. Now he's playing behind the Eagles offensive line. It's a lot to like there. And this is the round. This is the range where you start asking yourself, what's the best case scenario? And... That's what, what I was asking myself with Rashad Penny. In a best-case scenario, he and DeAndre Swift are thunder and lightning. Is that the most likely outcome? No, of course not. Because if it was, Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift would be going a lot earlier than they are. But at this price, I'll take the upside there. If they ever
0: name Swift and Penny thunder and lightning, uh, I want an addendum put in where Boston Scott can be drizzled. So, oh, what way. about Kenny Gainwell? Kenny Gainwell oh. is going to just be uh a fog because you're going to be in a fog when you draft him and he scores four points a game uh, in fantasy. All right, let's let's hammer out the the last four of your picks here again. We only did 12 rounds, no defense, no kicker any of that. Jackson Smith and Jigba, rookie wide receiver out of Ohio State. He is your wide receiver number 5 for redraft this year. He's still behind Lock it. He's still behind DK Metcalf. I know he's probably going to slide into the slot here. My thought on the Seattle offense is this they were hyper efficient last year with journeyman Geno Smith. Let's be honest, having a career year. Mm-hmm. What if that doesn't happen this year? What if he goes back to being Geno Smith and they're not uber efficient as they were last year? Like that worries me about the Seattle offense, you know.
1: But Going back to being Geno Smith, what does that mean? Washing because, my car every Thursday. I don't know. Yeah, but but like, here's the thing about Geno. How much has he actually played? I mean, he started three games in 2021. He started 17 games in 2022. Maybe he just didn't get a shot, man.
0: I mean, he there's a reason a, you're
1: not starting all those games. Yeah, but guess what? In 2021, he had a higher touchdown percentage. He had a a bit virtually the same yards per attempt. He had a higher yards per completion than he did in 2022. What if this is Geno Smith now? Then now we're cooking with gas with a ninth round pick. When you
0: selected Smith and Jigba, uh, you also could have drafted guys like Al Lazard, DJ Chark, Gabe Davis went off as the last pick of this round. Um, Oh, no, those guys all went off before. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong one. Yeah. My, my apologies. So you, guys, you could have taken, uh, Mike Thomas, uh, Quinton Johnston, Juju. I mean, there's, eh, you know,
1: yeah, exactly. You're, you're
0: fighting for upside here.
1: Actually, Elijah Moore was one of my favorite picks still left on the board. And he didn't go until I Hanson took him as wide receiver 55. I took Smith and Jigba as wide receiver 48. So Elijah Moore was actually one of my favorite picks left on the board at the wide receiver spot.
0: You finally pull the trigger on tight end in round 10 with David and Joku. I love this pick. I think the Browns are going to be much improved. Deshaun Watson now, another yeah. year under his belt, a full training camp, time with the team. Njoku is a really good athletic player here. Uh, and, and there's a lot of weapons on this Browns offense. Uh, they can spread it around, but Njoku is just such an athletic freak here. You waited a little bit maybe. Do you feel like you waited a little too long to pull the trigger on Njoku or no. was he a target?
1: No, he was a target. He tight end eight last year. Um, finished ahead of Darren Waller in fantasy points per game. Darren Waller went four rounds earlier. Um, the, I think I I, I was p- pretty pleased with the strategy to, to get David Njoku here. Still can make the argument he's their second best receiver. Love, 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 love this 11th round pick of Roshan Johnson, the running
0: back for the Chicago Bears. I said it in our last show. I think by the end of the season, he is the RB1 In Chicago, I think his ADP is only going to rise. You stole him here at RB45.
1: Yeah, this was a pick Bob Harris liked as well. Fourth round draft capital, but Brett Whitefield over at Fantasy Points uh, compared him to David Montgomery. And I think there's an opportunity he slides right into that role. Um, There's not a ton of high-priced competition here. Um, uh, Deontay Foreman signed a one-year deal. Khalil Herbert's flashed a little bit, but um, has dealt with some injuries there's a window to Rashawn Johnson leading this team in rushing. Finally. And they're going to run it, by the way. They're going to run it a lot. If Justin Fields is your quarterback, you're going to run the ball a lot. Adam Thielen, the ageless Adam Thielen,
0: I guess. To me, he looked a little cooked. He's going to go to a Carolina team that has literally no one else to throw to. So it's him, DJ Chark, and Mingo, the kid they just drafted. Uh, Thoughts on getting Adam Thielen, who you think he's got anything left in the tank?
1: Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I took him as wide receiver 64. He's my sixth receiver. Um, and here here's where you go through your 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 thought process and say, okay, what's best case scenario? What if Bryce Young likes to lean on a veteran? Arguably could get the team's target leader here in the sixth round. Is that the most likely outcome? Maybe not. Maybe Jonathan Mingo, DJ Chark, both of whom got drafted before. Thielen in this draft by the way but I mean um, look at the people who went after him Donovan Peoples Jones Nicole Hardman KJ Osborne what are the chances those three receivers have to lead their team in targets virtually none none Adam Thielen could lead his team in targets full disclosure I would have taken Nico Collins who went wider who went the pick before um, for similar reasons rookie quarterback needs to lean on somebody um, and I think Nico Collins has a little bit more up upside than Adam Thielen, but Nico didn't fall to me, whatever. I'm, I'm looking at a guy who could theoretically lead his team in targets. And, you know, as my wide receiver six, my thought process is this. All right, let's say Adam Thielen is playing half the snaps and he's getting three targets a game in the first three weeks of the season. Then I'll drop him and pick up somebody with upside.
0: All right, the final team here, Tyreek, A.J. Brown, Josh Allen's our quarterback. Jameer Gibbs and Miles Sanders in the backfield, Christian Kirk, George Pickens, Rashad Penny, Nelson, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, David and Joku, Roshan Johnson, and Adam Thielen. A good mix of youth and veterans on the team. How do you think? Uh, just overall, how do you think he did?
1: Pretty well. I'd probably give myself a B. Um, right. there's a couple of picks that, you know, I wish I I I could I, I don't I don't sit here and say, man, I wish I would played that differently. Um, but there's a couple of players who I, I think who maybe went a couple of picks before my picks who would have made my team look better, but I don't see anything here where I'm like, man, I made a mistake making that pick. I should have taken this guy and waited to take another guy. Um, I, all in all, I think it's a solid, solid B team.
0: Let's take a look at the guru. John Hansen's team. Of course, the godfather fantasypoints.com, the publisher and, uh, Hey, just overall great guy. He picked at the 101. Justin Jefferson was his first pick. Then he came back and he hammered running back with the next two spots on that 2-3 turn with Ramondre Stevenson and Brees Hall. So we've mentioned here on the shows. you think Brees Hall, from folks you've talked to, is a lot closer to coming back and could be in a a pretty good spot to uh, regain that role. We noticed Jets offense could be prolific with Aaron Rodgers now. I'm a big fan of Stevenson. So yeah. it, it, with those two running backs, and they're young. It's not like you're leaning on some, you know, 28 year old to come in and run the rock for you. I like those two picks.
1: Um, I think Ramondre was one of the big winners of the NFL draft, quite frankly. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I don't, I don't have any issue with John taking him there. Uh, that, by the way, the Bree all stuff that's from Edwin Porras. Like Edwin's throwing that out there. He thinks that this is a much more traditional ACL than that of Javante Williams, who might have a similar injury to J.K. Dobbins from last year, which obviously is not great news for Javante.
0: Jerry Judy was his fourth-round pick. I don't know how much I love that. Other wide receivers he could have taken there include Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin, uh, Drake London. I probably would have taken any of those guys. I'm just not a huge Judy guy. Uh, In the fifth, he came back with his boy Rashad White, who I know he's been talking up a lot if you follow the social media channels for Fantasy Points. What do you think of Judy and Rashad White?
1: Um, I am fine with the white pick. I think John's planning a flag on Rashad white. Uh, our, our guy, Ryan Heath, uh, youngster who's really been writing some articles on him is really alarmed with Rashad white's efficiency. I just think in large part that could have been affected by how bad that offensive line was last year. The question now is how much better is the offensive line? Um, but right now there's not much competition for touches for Rashad white, Judy, Eh, uh, they, they they need Russell Wilson to really take a much bigger step forward this year. I probably would have taken Amari Cooper there, um, mm-hmm. especially since John is planting a flag on Deshaun Watson. He thinks Deshaun Watson is going to be one of the better quarterback values. If that's the case, Amari Cooper is going to have to produce this year. Yeah, he
0: took Deshaun Watson around six. I'm sure if we spoke to John and he could redo it, maybe he takes Amari Cooper knowing that, uh around or two later he's going to get Deshaun Watson so he could have had that uh that hookup so Watson is his tight end Dallas Goddard all the guy does is produce when he's on the field and falls great, to tight great. end seven John gets a steal here in the seventh round I'm you know I'm an Eagles fan so maybe I'm biased and I am but Dallas Goddard's just good and he was great for yeah.
1: fantasy last year while he was healthy yeah that's great um Uh, No, that's just a great pick. I I don't have anything else other to say than that. I mean, look at the next tight end off the board is Jawan Johnson after Dallas Goddard. So, Howard Bender, speaking of planting a flag, he's definitely planting one with Jawan Johnson. But Dallas Goddard is tight end seven's a steal. Yeah, that's a great pick.
0: Then we got Brian Robinson of the Commanders. Gabe Davis comes off the board of the Guru in round nine. Uh, he went on a little wide receiver run here. Gabe Davis, Elijah Moore, and Sky Moore, <laughs> who was his guy uh, last year. If you oh. ever listen to his show on SiriusXM, him and Kaplan were banging the table for Sky Moore. But, hey, you get him the 11th round. It's wide receiver 56. Someone's yes, got right. to emerge there. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's Tony. You know, there's no more uh, Juju. So but we'll see.
1: This is the this is the guru listener. These, these three rounds are going to make guru listeners' uh, eyes twitch. Gabe Davis, Elijah Moore, and Sky Moore, three guys who crapped all over us. Although the thing about Gabe Davis is I think he's a low-key winner from the NFL draft. They didn't draft an outside receiver until Justin Shorter in the fifth round. They haven't made a trade for a receiver. The guy they took, um, Dalton Kincaid, in the first round is going to essentially be a big slot receiver as a tight end. Um, So Gabe Davis, I think, is a low-key winner. And keep in mind, he did play through a high ankle sprain. And I, I, I think we tend to penalize guys who play hurt and don't produce more than we penalize guys who get hurt, don't play and then get healthy. So I think there's something to be said there for Gabe Davis, but certainly these three picks are going to make people who shiver remembering last year. So before we get out of here, let's talk
0: about some picks that weren't ours or yours. It's a collective ours. We're on the same team here. Uh, Give me a pick you hated in this draft.
1: Yeah, um there is there is one I really did not like and Keenan Allen in the 4th round after last year playing I mean getting hurt early they go out and they get Quentin Johnston in the draft. I wonder if Keenan's just getting a little too um uh, just getting a little too old. He's fighting his body at this stage. I know. The 3 years previous he caught 100 passes in all of them. He averaged over 100 catches from 2017 to 2021. I just don't know if I can get there with Keenan Allen. That was not a favorite pick of mine.
0: The pick I'm not over the moon for is, and again, this is a reach, I would say, because it's the fifth round. This is actually where I picked Damian Pierce last year in a few drafts was round five. I came off the board to Jeff Manns here in round five as RB19. The reason I don't love the Pierce pick here for Jeff's team is is I look at his roster construction of Mixon, Pierce, Isaiah Pacheco. He doesn't have running backs that really catch a lot of passes. And if this yeah. is a full PPR, you know, you're going to be a little
1: behind the eight ball uh, with that. I don't I was, mind the Pierce pick there, but by roster construction, I think that's a fair observation.
0: That That's all I mean. I, you know, you were, were really nitpicking there on that. Uh, let me give it a pick from me that you loved late.
1: How about in the ninth round, Alan Szlowski? This is the most boring pick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna speak this into existence. Let's call him September Samaje. Samaje Pirine in the ninth round is RB 37. He's Allen's third running back. Javante Williams. We're already getting mixed messages on him. Is Javante going to be back? Is is he going to be able to play early in the season? Is he running? It's kind of the same talk. And Edwin thought that his his injury was similar to, to that of J.K. Dobbins. Edwin thought, if that's the case, when's he going to be healthy? Because remember, he suffered his injury in October. Dobbins suffered his in August. And Dobbins still looked like last year, even though he produced at the end of the year, he still looked like Greg Jennings from that Madden video, putting the team on his back, running down the field with a limp. Samaj P. Ryan goes to Denver. They don't draft a running back. Javante Williams might not be ready at the beginning of the season. I think Samaj P. Ryan has an outside shot to be a top 12 running back for three, four, five weeks. And guess what? Wins in September matter. Absolutely. Maybe he's not contributing to your team in January, but if he helps you get to January and you work the waiver wire, thank you for your service, Samaj P. Ryan. I love that pick in the ninth round and I'll have him on a lot of best ball teams. Two picks that I kind of liked
0: later on, they were both in round nine. Where is it here? Dr. Roto took uh, Devin H. Chain, the running back for the Miami Dolphins. None of those running backs can stay healthy in Miami. Yeah, I like that pick. So, I mean, you get H. Chain here in round nine. Got a chance to really take over by the end of the season again. It's his fourth running back. He doesn't need him to come out week one and, and do really anything. And I also love Howard Bender's pick uh, a few picks later of Alan Lazard. Lazard last year, wide receiver 34. He's going to be hooking up with Rodgers. I think it's a sleeper pick. I think it's a guy who, when he's coming off the board now, wide receiver 46 is going to be a weekly contributor to your team. If he's your wide receiver three, he's your flex in a full PPR. I think you can do much worse than Alan Lazard. So, that's it. That is the SiriusXM post-draft draft, Joe. <clears throat> Glad we could get this in. We're going to put a link to the draft board in the show notes. Hope you guys loved everything you heard here. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure that you're clicking us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your audio. And go over to Underdog. Get in the fun. That's not just limited to Joe and I. Go to Underdog Fantasy. Use code PTS. We're going to match your first-time deposit up to $100, and you get that $5 subscription to FantasyPoints.com. Joe, there's no better deal in the business. What a fun pod.
1: Oh, it was great, man. Uh, I love uh, being with you. Um, and we'll, We'll have plenty more coming forward once you and I get into our best ball, get some Dynasty talk going. We're going to have to do our rookie draft, by the way, coming up. Uh, in the, the orphan team we took over. We've been getting some trade offers. We really They're need a quarterback. Terrible. These trade yeah. offers are
0: garbage. I open my email and I go, I hope Joe has a quick trigger to put yeah. these things in his We trash actually it. just
1: got offered one nine, one ten, and two seven for one five. The problem is we need a quarterback. Yeah. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to probably pass on that. Yeah, I hear you. But we hope you guys don't pass on joining
0: us next week here on the two points.